impressive. And the FDA could approve its emergency use in weeks. By the time we get into December, we'll be able to have doses available for people who are judged to be at the highest priority to get it first. But distributing the two-dose vaccine stored at sub-zero temperatures to millions of Americans is complicated. We anticipate, although there are logistic challenges, that it will be done successfully. Would you take it? Well, I'm going to look at the data, but I trust Pfizer, I trust the FDA. If they look at this data and they say this data is solid, let's go ahead and approve it. I promise you, Andrea, I will take the vaccine. And I will recommend that my family take the vaccine. After President Trump's comments when a crowd recently shouted, fire Fauci. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. Dr. Fauci hopes he won't be forced out. My entire activity, every minute of my life right now, is devoted to trying to end this pandemic. So I would hope that I'm allowed to continue to do that, because I think I do it well. I've been doing it for many, many years. Dr. Fauci was not part of the president's treatment team at Walter Reed, but was invited to yesterday's task force meeting at the White House. It was a good meeting. Now, mounting fears, the pandemic could get even worse with cold weather and the holidays. What's your advice to the American people going into Thanksgiving? I think each family is going to have to make a risk assessment about what the risk and benefit of what we all feel is such an important tradition. I have three adult daughters who live in three separate parts of the country, and they do not want to put their dad at risk. My wife and I are going to have dinner together, a quiet dinner. We're going to get on Zoom, and we're going to talk and smile and laugh and drink and eat with our children uh, who are doing it distally and virtually. I'm proud of my daughters that they were really concerned about their, quote, elderly dad. Mm -hmm. I hate to use that word, Andrea, but it's the truth. Americans facing many hard decisions going into a pandemic winter. Andrea Mitchell, NBC News, Washington. And breaking tonight, the CDC is just out with a major change in its guidance on wearing masks. NBC's Tom Costello has late details for us. For the CDC, accused for months of being slow to update its COVID-19 guidance, today's mask announcement marks a significant change. The agency has said all year that masks protect others if you are contagious. Now it says masks can also reduce wearers' exposure to infectious droplets. Two-way street. You protect others, their mask protects you, and your mask also protects you. The CDC says the best masks are surgical, or those with multiple layers of cloth and higher thread counts. In some cases, able to filter out 50% of fine particles. Covering that nose and mouth helps you, it helps others, and we're at a new stage of the pandemic with these recommendations, and it's about, it's about the mask. State and local government mask requirements vary widely across the country. Today, the CDC said adopting universal masking policies can help avert future lockdowns, potentially saving the economy up to a trillion dollars. Experts say a mask may not provide 100% protection, but it can reduce the amount of virus you're exposed to and the severity of the illness. Luster? All right, Tom, thank you. And each day now, this country is shattering new records at testing sites, hospitals, and sadly, morgues. More than one million new cases reported in just the first 10 days of this month. North Dakota so overwhelmed that healthcare workers who test positive but have no symptoms will be allowed to work in hospitals. Here's Miguel Almaguer. In just 24 hours, a staggering 133,000 Americans were diagnosed with.
four-year-old wife, Jessie, who just gave birth, is fighting for her life on a ventilator. They're keeping her pretty heavily sedated because she's panicking. As regions across the country warn of a return to restrictions, some of the highest positivity rates are in states like South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas, Idaho, and Wyoming. Our team is dispatched to the hardest-hit areas. Here in El Paso, officials have already called in 10 mobile morgues to handle a growing number of bodies. And with cases on the rise, they fear even more could be on the way. In Salt Lake City, doctors tell us the COVID patient load they're seeing is not sustainable. They can't handle the influx. Government officials now believe they'll have enough doses to begin vaccinating the most vulnerable Americans by December. I'm just looking forward to when I can take the vaccines so I don't die. I don't want to die. Drug maker Eli Lilly also just received emergency authorization for a COVID therapy for those already infected. It's a one-time IV treatment that the company says can reduce hospitalizations by 70% for high-risk patients. But for Chris Bjorkman, help will arrive too late. Her husband, John, is never coming home. The grandkids will be I miss them. I miss them even more. Tonight, a heartbreaking reminder, each number is a name. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. Also tonight, the U.S. Supreme Court appears inclined to spare the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, after the court heard arguments today on a challenge from red states and supported by President Trump. Here's Pete Williams. When Obamacare became law 10 years ago, it required all Americans to get health insurance, the individual mandate, or pay a tax penalty. The Supreme Court ruled that was a legitimate use of Congress's taxing power. Then in 2017, the Republican-led Congress set the tax penalty at zero. Eighteen red states say without a tax, the mandate is unconstitutional and the entire law must fall. It's not clear how the court will vote on the mandate, but today at least five justices, a majority, indicated the rest of the law should be left intact. Chief Justice John Roberts told a lawyer for the red states it's notable what Congress did not do in 2017. I think it's hard for you to argue that Congress intended the entire act to fall if the mandate were struck down when the same Congress that lowered the penalty to zero did not even try to repeal the rest of the act. And conservative Brett Kavanaugh agreed. It does seem uh, fairly clear that the proper remedy would be to sever the mandate provision and leave the rest of the act in place. Justice Samuel Alito said the mandate may no longer be essential to make the law work. He said it was originally viewed like part of an airplane, critical to keeping it in flight. But now, the part has been taken out, and the plane has not crashed. Angela Eilers of Southern California is counting on the law's survival. She says without it, she worries what would happen to her daughter Micah, who's twice had surgery for a heart defect. What happens next? What will happen to her coverage? What happens not just immediately, but in long term? Based on what the justices said today, it now appears Obamacare will be around at least several more years. Lester? All right, Pete Williamson, I thank you. And after strongly defending Obamacare today, President-elect Joe Biden called President Trump's refusal to concede an embarrassment, while more top Republicans say the president's legal challenges should be given time to play out. Let's start off with NBC's Jeff Bennett. President-elect Joe Biden tonight in his first comments about President Trump refusing to concede the 2020 race. I just think it's an embarrassment. Uh, quite frankly, it, 
will not help the president's legacy. Biden barreling ahead with his presidential transition. I'm confident that uh, the fact that they're not willing to acknowledge we won at this point is uh, not of much consequence in our planning and what we're able to do between now and January 20th. His team has spent months mapping out a quick start for a future Biden White House. Their work now hitting a roadblock. The Trump appointee who heads the General Services Administration has not officially recognized Biden as president-elect. Doing so would release additional resources and intelligence, including for Biden, the president's daily brief. Obviously, the PDB would be useful, but it's not necessary. I'm not the city president on that. And so uh, we don't see anything that's slowing us down. While President Trump isn't acknowledging Biden's victory, many world leaders are. The president-elect fielding phone calls and congrats from the heads of France, Germany, Ireland, Canada, and the U.K. I'm letting them know that America is back. Biden's comments coming as many prominent Republicans are pushing President Trump's baseless claims that voter fraud might have swung the election, despite a lack of evidence. Asked how he can be sure Republicans will work with him once in office, if they won't acknowledge his win, Biden was confident. They will. They will. Jeff Bennett, NBC News, Wilmington, Delaware. I'm Hallie Jackson in Washington, where tonight, for the fifth day in a row, the president's staying out of the spotlight at the White House, but at his Justice Department, plenty of action. The head of the election crimes branch resigning in protest after Attorney General Bill Barr told federal prosecutors they can pursue substantial allegations of voting irregularities if they find any. Officials already looking into reports in Nevada and Pennsylvania. Democrats calling it outrageous. Barr would issue the guidance despite no evidence of widespread voter fraud. We seem to be more loyal to the president than to rule of law in this country. President Trump pushing ahead with his legal challenges, not conceding the election he lost. His administration, not budget, resisting typical transition tax. The Secretary of State, when asked about it today, sounding disdainful. There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. Right. On Capitol Hill, Mr. Vice President, is it time to concede? Many Senate Republicans providing political cover for the president. Senators, did Vice President Biden win the election? We don't know yet, do we? We need to finish all the votes. Uh, we, all the votes need to be counted. The president wasn't defeated by huge numbers. In fact, he may not have been defeated at all. He was, NBC News has projected, based on state voting data, with new concerns now about the security impact of a turnover that's too slow. Denying a lawful transition is a threat to our national security and to the rule of law. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, by the way, was asked just moments ago if he was serious in those remarks he just showed you. He did not answer directly, but did predict a smooth transition. Allie Jackson at the White House tonight, thank you. And an explosive new report is out from the Vatican concerning the sexual abuse allegations against a disgraced former top cardinal in the U.S. Ann Thompson with what it reveals. Theodore McCarrick, publicly powerful but privately a predator. A new Vatican report detailing the benefit of the doubt given to the charismatic man plus the faith of the U.S. Church. Is this a story about a manipulator? Absolutely. A, a story about a, a person who presented as such an appealing character, all the while he's creating a culture of fear and intimidation. The voluminous report says the first woman reached Rome in the 90s, with claims of McCarrick sharing beds with seminarians, sex with another priest, and abusing his so-called nephew. 
took Wansfall's assessment ordered an investigation. It found McCarrick had shared his bed, but not engaged in theft. Nevada say now says that was based on bad information from American Bishop regarding McCarrick's sexual conduct with young adults. McCarrick denied the allegations. John Fall believed him and appointed McCarrick Archbishop of Washington and ultimately Cardinal. Pope John Paul II reflexively, because of his communist era upbringing, reflexively dismissed allegations against priests and bishops. Under Pope Benedict, the report reveals the Vatican forced McCarrick's retirement and urged him to lower his profile without success. Pope Francis told investigators he heard rumors about McCarrick's conduct but didn't see any documentation until 2017 when a former altar boy said McCarrick groped him, leading to McCarrick's spectacular downfall and compelling a reckoning in the church. Ann Thompson, NBC News. In just 60 seconds, Richard Engel inside a promising COVID vaccine trial when it might be ready. Plus, the new recall just before Thanksgiving. Still getting an inside look at one of the most promising efforts in the UK. With that, here's Richard Engel. After nearly a year of research and testing, a coronavirus vaccine is within reach. Pfizer this week announcing better than expected progress. The UK today cautioning no guarantees but getting ready for a December rollout. For a reality check, I went to St. Mary's Hospital in London. Professor Robin Shattuck is leading the development of another vaccine, one of the UK's most promising. I've been following his work for months. He had something to show me. This is a vaccine. No longer a prototype. Tiny vials like this one could potentially end the pandemic. So this is a vaccine. It's still in trials, but it's being produced on an industrial scale with the highest quality controls. It's not ready yet, but it's coming. Like most of the vaccines in development, this one doesn't provide full immunity from the coronavirus. It's more like a flu shot. It tamps down infections across society. I'm absolutely convinced that we will get a number of vaccines that will work. They'll work for different levels. When do you realistically think? Generally ready to go. I think we'll see the first candidates coming through by the beginning of next year, uh, but it will still be a huge effort to make them available for everybody who needs them. Sorting out the regulations and distributions is the coming challenge and could take time, but the science to make the vaccines is getting close. Lester? A lot of exciting developments there, Richard. Thank you. Up next, holiday travel in this pandemic, tips to protect your family. Hungry? 